Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Matt Chat. This is David Miracatani. Today we are brought to you by FantasyGrade.com and the Ultimate Fantasy Wrestling Challenge. Do you know more than about wrestling than people from friends from around the country? Prove it. Go to FantasyGrade.com, enter the live event March 14th in Cleveland, the online event, or both. Prove your knowledge and support amateur wrestling at the same time. Go to FantasyGrade.com and enjoy wrestling even more. My guests today are the coaches from the Class 1 Missouri State Champion Whitfield High School, Charlie Sheritz, and Class 4 Missouri State Champions, CBC High School, Cornell Robinson. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for having me. For sure, guys. First of all, just congratulations. Uh, it was cool to you know go down there and watch you guys. So, Charlie, l- let me start with you. Um, we did an interview down there, but I, I would, for the people that didn't see it, how many state titles and top four finishes – is this for you and your staff at Whitfield High School? Uh, seven championships and uh, four runners-up finishes in the last 12 years. Wow, very, very impressive. So you guys had a really, really good team this year, nine in the finals. I think you guys went six and three or seven and two, something like that. Uh, you know, uh-huh. but when I spoke to you, you talked about, you know, there were some, some highs and lows. So what were some of the, I guess, high points and what were some of the challenges of this year's team well i think anytime you get that level of talent uh you know on your team you know they begin to have a mind of their own so keeping them focused on a common goal uh the the team being number one you know their individual success being number two training methodology etc you know, it was a, it was a challenge. You know, they it was a hard to hard to bridle this team. Was wore me out. <laughs> they wore they wore you out. So was Sunday a good day for you to rest a little bit? <laughs> it was it was a relief day. Uh, I shifted gears to my son, trying to help my son get to the D two national tournament. But yes, it was a it was a uh, I did breathe a sigh of relief that we did not uh, internally combust. Yeah. Well, you guys really have a tradition of excellence there. Um, you know, and your newest four-time champ is Mike McAteer. Um, I, I've got a chance to know him just a little bit, um, but he seems like a, a really, seems like a really calm kid, just handles business. Um, what, you know, what makes him special? I, I think it, 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 he, was, uh, he was pretty low maintenance, you know. I mean, I could, uh, I could tend to the more needy, and count on Mike to be very consistent. So I, I didn't didn't have to worry about his weight. I didn't have to worry about his preparation. Um, you know, I, I didn't have to worry about his character on the mat. You know, he took care of business, uh, did it in a professional way. He was, uh, you know, he, he was very low maintenance for me. So I, I appreciate that out of Mike. And it was that way for four years. Yeah, it's always nice to have one kid like that, especially that's a winner and can, you know, really set an example for the, for everybody else on your squad, even if they don't all follow it. So um, how many guys do you have coming back next year from this team? Well, we lose five seniors and, uh, you know, five very valuable seniors. It, you know, we're going to lose uh, uh, two champs in three seconds. So, you know, those are going to be big, uh, big shoes to fill for younger guys, and filling in those gaps is going to be difficult. But 
you know, I, I really am. I, I don't really see it. Uh, you know, I, I'm proud of those kids. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm um, happy with what they did for themselves and the program. But I'm excited about the challenges ahead. So it's it's going to be a younger crowd next year for me. But you know, I, I'm not I'm not interested in hearing anything about rebuilding or uh, you know anything like that. That's the, I, I I don't I don't have much patience for that. Yeah, you're you're an old school kind of guy, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in a few minutes. But you guys reload, you don't rebuild. I know that. So Whitfield is class one, which is small schools here in Missouri. So for the people that don't know, how many kids actually attend Whitfield, and how challenging is it to get kids to attend there? Well, it's a college prep school, number one. Uh, there's only 300 kids in the high school, so that means 150 of them-ish are girls. So, you know, to field a team, you know, we seem to hover about the, uh, you know, uh, 16 to 20 mark on number of uh, kids on the team. Uh, but, you know, district tournament, we fill, routinely fill, you know, 12 to 14 weights. You know, we spread them out a little bit. You know, we, uh, the, the ones that we keep are the real deal. Uh, and, you know, at, at any, any school where it costs 25 grand to attend and uh, any financial aid that's given is based on need of the family, you know, it's, it's difficult. To, it's, it's not a walk in the park to get into Whitfield School. Yeah, and 25,000, obviously, you know, like you said, you know, 300 kids in the whole school, and then, like you said, you start doing the math, 150 girls, and then of those 150 boys, it's not like they all want to wrestle or anything like that. So depth depth is obviously going to always be an issue for, for a program like yours. But you've had a, a lot of successful alumni there. You know, the one I think most people might know, and maybe I'm forgetting somebody, is Ryan Mango four-time state champion, went to Stanford, ton of international success. But who are some of the other guys that have come through your program that people might know? Well, we've had 10 of them that went on to Division I schools and, and wrestled. Uh, uh, Drake Hovis went to Cornell. Ryan Mango, of course, went to Stanford. Jason Ott went to Princeton. Uh, uh, Dan Tully went to Duke. Will Hahn went to Duke. Rodney Hahn went to the Naval Academy. Uh, Kurt, um, uh, boy, I'm kind of some, somebody's going to be upset with me. I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving some guys out. Um, I, don't, I don't have my list in front of me, but we had, we had 10 kids that have gone to uh, Chris Wilkes, North Carolina State, Connor Hovis, North Carolina State. So we've, we've had uh, 10 boys that have gone on. Now we got McIntyre and uh, Dara that are going on to wrestle at West Point. So that's, uh, you know, that's, 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 uh, Good group of kids that have, you know, all middle class kids that have, you know, gotten opportunities through being great students and great wrestlers. Yeah, and I, what's interesting is when I listen to you, you're on the outside, you're a very calm guy, and not a lot listening to you gets you sounds like gets you excited, but you sound a lot more excited about where these guys have gone academically and how much they've won athletically. And I think that's I think that's really the mindset of somebody who's at a prep school like both of you guys are that you know you got to make your grades and you got to do these right things. So, you know, in your mind, what makes your program so successful? What what are you guys doing different or better than everybody else? Uh, you know, I I don't I I think we have a a formula based on consistency and 
not cutting corners and doing things the right way and uh, paying your dues and, you know, making a big – the kids make a – they make that commitment to me. It's my job to make them that commitment to them. And, and my goal is when these kids make the commitment, whether it's, it's driving uh, from Winsville or South County or North County or wherever they're coming from every day, sitting in traffic, uh, parents scrounging up every dime they got to send them to school, I want to put them in the best possible position when when wrestling is over. I want to get them. I want to use wrestling as have have them use wrestling as a vehicle to get where they want to be in life. So that's 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 a satisfying thing for me. I, I don't want a kid to be a hotshot wrestler and then three years later he's serving hamburgers. You know. So I, I want them to be I want them to be set up where where they can have a, a successful happy life, comfortable life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they spend that amount of money and then, yeah, they're working in the fast food industry. Not that we don't need people there, but that's obviously not the goal. <laughs> so, um, you know, one of the things that that sticks out to me is, I mean, I recruited for a lot of years and your dad was a legendary high school coach. And, you know, so we're both sons of coaches and your, your dad, Charlie Sr. at McClure North, for people that don't know, I mean, actually, when we talked to Cornell, he wrestled at McClure North. But McClure North is a really, really good program. And those guys always seemed like they were fundamentally sound and they were prepared. And um, one of those guys actually beat my brother in the state finals. And then I know you went to, to college and you wrestled for Dan Gable and you ended up wrestling at Missouri. So... What did you learn from those, you know, your father and those other coaches? What, what did you sort of maybe steal is the wrong verb, but what did you steal from those guys that have, you know, gone into your own coaching philosophy? Well, I, I like to think that I took the best of my father and the best of uh, Coach Gable. And, uh, you know, and I, I think at the end of the day, the secret is there is no secret, you know. It's hard works makes dreams come true. So uh, I'm all about logging the hours, paying the price, being smart about it, but but putting the time in, not just talking to talk, but walking to walk. And you know, I, I challenge all my kids: you're not going to outwork me. You know, I'm I I'm going to provide so many opportunities for you that it's it'll be impossible if you want to. It'll be impossible possible for you not to get the opportunities to be successful successful as you want to be. So you're going to do what you have to to make it impossible for them to fail. Is that is that a philosophy that – I mean, I know it's just working hard, like you said, not cutting corners. But, I mean, is there like – I mean, I remember there were certain things my dad said to me, and they were like aha moments where I'm like – he said something to me when I was a kid when I first started training with the college guys, and he said, if you win, shut up, and if you lose, shut up. And I didn't really know what that meant at the time. I just kept my mouth quiet, you know, I just shut up. And then I realized later what he meant. You know, if you win, don't say anything. And if you lose, don't be a baby because these guys don't benefit from working out with you. But, you know, I was 12, and I can still remember exactly where I was standing in the wrestling room. You know, did you have, have – I have to think some of these guys had, you know, one or two things like that that, you know, that have, that have really stayed with you. Oh yeah, I mean I don't really know where to start with all my my dad's sayings and and uh, philosophies, but uh, you know 
I mean, yeah, I, I could I could tie up this podcast with all those problems. <laughs> well, give us one or two, man. Cornell and I are waiting. <laughs> oh, trust me, I haven't heard of, I haven't heard a few of them. Well, Charlie, if you don't tell me, I'm going to ask Cornell, and he might not tell me the good ones. <laughs> so you might as well tell me the good ones. <laughs> well, I know one thing, uh, you know, well, one thing my dad always told his wrestlers was, you know, you know, make them beat you where you're best, you know. So if you were good on your feet, you know, put them back up on your feet, you know, even if it meant tying up the match or going down by one uh, or same thing on top, you know or on the mat period, you know, so that, that was something that always, you know, having the confidence to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to put a kid back up to tie the match in the state finals, which I did this year. And, uh, you know, thankfully I had a kid that had full trust in me and he, uh, took the kid down to win, but, uh, that, uh, you know, uh, things like, uh, you know, you know, it, you know, something that always, that, that uh, rang in my ears after the state tournament this year was, you know, something that my dad said to me one time. He said, boy, he said, at the end of your life, if you're lucky enough to be able to reflect, you're going to value the things, the things you'll value most in your life are the things you work the hardest for. So, you know, I, I believe in not cutting corners. I believe in doing it the right way and good things happen to good people. So try to get my kids to live right, do right, and, and earn, earn the right to win. Yeah. I think that philosophy is, is good. Like you're saying, you're, you guys are preparing these kids for not just the next five years, you know, when they leave you, but the next 50 years after that. And, you know, definitely the philosophy of, of working hard. And when, when you get, you know, when you get older and you reflect, you know, my dad and I will talk about teams and it's never about a match. It's always about the relationships and the conversations and, and, and it might be some accomplishments, you know, I mean, he's, he's obviously super well accomplished, but usually it's the relationships and, and the journey, the hard work. So I really agree. Yeah. 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 I'm, just, I'm, I'm quick to remind my kids one of these days that the fans are going to stop cheering. So you better have, uh, you better have something to go with. Yeah. I think, you know, as good of a wrestler as you, you were, you, you do realize that like at some point, like nobody's cheering for you guys in the corner, you know, they're cheering for these guys and, you know, and to make that transition, you have to have the right head, right head on your shoulders. So I'm going to come back to you, Charlie, because I need to ask you a couple other questions, but I'm going to, I'm going to switch over to Cornell. Cornell, this, okay. is, this has been a long, long journey for you. I know, um, you know, I know you, know, you came from from public school and you came over to CBC and I know you really had to manage this team this year with injuries and some other obstacles. So first of all, just, you know, looking back on it now, you know, we're, we're doing this podcast on a Friday afternoon. So it's been six days since you guys won state. Now that it's sunk in, how does it feel to you? Uh, it feels awesome. Actually, we just came from a health assembly. But before we get on that, I want to make sure, you know, talking to coach here, Charlie on the other end, I always call him coach. It just shows you, like, I always call him for advice and mentorship. And uh, just what he just said over the phone, I had to write a few things down. It's just uh, it's just amazing, just the knowledge he has. So if anybody in St. Louis is not using him as a mentor, they're crazy. For sure. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys had a big pep assembly today, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Channel 5 was here. 
I just got interviewed for Channel 5, so, yeah, it was fun. Right. You guys probably had Malik do all your public speaking for you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He did good, though. He, he had a solo interview. He did pretty good. Good, honest. good. He's grown maybe, a lot. I know that. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, you, you have some real superstars on that team. You know, four-time state champion Malik Johnson, who's made world teams, three-time state champion and third-place DJ Shannon, only state loss to Kayshawn Hayes, world silver medalist Sevian Severado, and two-time state champion as a sophomore and a Fargo champion in Josh Saunders. And, you know, that doesn't even include some of your other, you know, Vinny Zurbin, who's a top-20 freshman overall in the country, and two other studs that plays for you. Just – how competitive are these guys with each other in the room? And you know, tell me about some of their uh, some of their personalities. Uh, yeah, they're very competitive. Uh, I think probably they talk more than they work sometimes. Before uh, who lost to who, and that's always an argument there. So, <laughs> but uh, uh, definitely it's a competitive room. And the, the more thing I think that they're competitive about is really just trying to outperform each other and one-up each other on the world stage or world team trial stuff, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, when, when Severato was the alternate and then made made that team and, you know, had that Cinderella run to the finals, when he came back, what did that do to, you know, to elevate the room? I mean, I'm sure, you know, if it's like most guys I know, you know, they're nice to him for, you know, a day, and then it's just back to beating the hell out of each other. <laughs> but what they uh, – that did a lot to elevate the room, I think, that – uh, show kids it doesn't matter who you are if you stick to the process and uh, as Coach said, earn the right to win your opportunity is going to come and when uh, hard work meets opportunity, usually equals success, right? Yeah, for sure and you know, as I was putting this together I remember thinking about watching you two coach together Randy Belts at the Olympic trials so yeah. I think people that don't that don't know this, you know, you guys compete. We'll talk a little bit about your dual meet, but you guys, the respect and the cooperation and everything like that, I think is, is far greater than, you know, the two and a half hours you're trying to beat each other's brains out in a dual meet. So, you know, Cornell, I know you spent a lot of time in the summer coaching freestyle and Greco. And one of the things that's impressed me about you is you chasing competition for your guys and you yourself chasing the best guys in the country from around the world, going to the Olympic Training Center, traveling wherever you can, and really humbling yourself when you're talking to these people. I mean, I saw your social media, all the people that weighed in to congratulate you, and it's it's Bobby Douglas, it's Sean Charles, it's Matt Lindland, it's all these kind of guys. So what are those relationships, and, you know, what do they mean to you? And I guess it's if you had taken second or third or whatever at state, um, you know, but what do those relationships mean to you, and how much did it mean to you when those people weighed in, um, you know, just to, to give you their best wishes? Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that's Bobby Douglas is always a uh, – he's a special one. I kind of met him maybe six years ago. Not everybody knows Bobby Douglas, but, like, I got to, like, hang out with him. Uh, we probably talk once a month. And I really started taking off, I think, when I – he taught me how to train and develop a training plan for people to peak at the right time, for your wrestlers to peak. But that was always huge for me with Bobby Douglas. And like I said, humbling and meeting these guys. My thing is uh, just always searching for knowledge and trying to figure out the best way to do it and at the same time give my kids the opportunity to be around the person with the most knowledge. So 
I think if you're always trying to seek that, that always helps. Yeah, for sure. And and what is your philosophy? And I guess, Charlie, I'd ask you this, too, because you obviously are involved in this. What is your guy's philosophy, but just to direct traffic, Cornell, maybe answer first, about how freestyle and Greco can impact your kids' folk style in-season performance? Uh, Greco, I think, impacts the hand fighting and able to stand in the center uh, without getting stall calls and folk style. That's my main feel that I get from Greco. Freestyle helps with wrestling your butt to the center and being more aware of your back and when you're rolling through on your back. That's my technical, I guess, aspect to it. Charlie, how do you see those things impacting folk style? Well, I would have deferred to Cornell exclusively for Greco, but everything he said regarding Greco makes sense. But it, And I would just add everything in regarding freestyle makes sense as well. It, but it just improves your body awareness, your scramble ability. So, you know, I, I, I've got a, I got a mixed bag where I think my observations are that Cornell uh, kind of commits solely to freestyle Greco in the offseason. You know, I've got some kids, a.k.a. Michael McAteer, that just never took to it, so I'm left with, uh, okay, provide the best of both worlds or cut him out altogether in the spring and summer. So I don't want to do that. So I've kind of... I, I've kind of been, you know, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a, I guess I'm a little less invested in freestyle. Not uninvested, but, you know, when we, like you mentioned when we were training Randy, I, I deferred to Cornell on, on uh, all parterre work. I sent her to Cornell on parterre work. You know, I, I spent a lot of time with Randy on her feet and a lot of time on her conditioning and weight management. But uh, as he mentioned, uh, Although I would like to make this a very big rivalry right down the street, uh, there is a lot of mutual respect between he and I. You know, we go back a long way. So uh, we we consult and we gripe and we whine quite often <laughs> one another. Well, you guys feel each other's pain because when you start winning, your circle of friends gets a lot smaller. That's for sure. <laughs> so Yes, it does. <laughs> just my observation of, of Greco, one of the things my dad taught me was if you're good at Greco, it's usually an area where other guys aren't. So, you know, you, it gives you more, more home runs, more chance to get back in the match. If guys grab your legs and you can pull them up instead of just push them down to the point where they're scared to come up, you know, that's, I think, another way where those where that aspect, you know, really makes a big difference. So, Cornell, back to your program. I know Josh Saunders returns for you. Um, get, give a shout-out to who else is coming back, him and Vinny, and who else is, are, are returners. Uh, yeah, Vinny Zerbin, uh, Kyle Pruitt, and uh, Will Edgar are the state qualifiers that will be back next year. And not so, qualifiers, and right? Four medals, right? Replaces, sorry, medals, sorry, medals. Coming back, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah four medals coming back. So. Kiki gonna kick my tail if I don't point out that that Will was oh, a yeah. medalist, right? And we don't, we don't. Oh want, yeah, you know. We don't want yeah, to be I on the wrong side of her. Kiki. Yeah, we don't want to do that. So <laughs> she's she's the hammer of your program for sure. So, well, I'm gonna ask you this: we, the cat came out of the bag, but you were actually coached by Charlie Sherrod Senior. So, you know, what did what did you learn from him back in the day? Yes, I was coached by both. So. Uh, coach Sheriff Senior was the head coach 
and Coach Harris Jr. was uh, basically my coach at the time. And uh, I learned a lot. I, I learned what working hard really means. I know everybody thinks they work hard and everybody thinks they're sacrificed. And uh, I just learned a lot from I can give you a story. Normal people may think it's crazy, but... Uh, None of us are normal. Actually, None of the three of us are normal. So okay. <laughs> Not, normal people think it's crazy, but when I was a freshman, my dad uh, was, was murdered in high school, and I just remembered the, the day of the funeral. Uh, you know, my, me and my dad wasn't all the way tight, but it was just interesting, uh, to say the least. But Coach Eric came to the house senior and picked me up right at the funeral, and we had to wrestle Hazelwood East. And, uh, you know, most people say that was crazy, but I think it was the best thing for me, to be honest with you. And, and I'm glad he did. And he, he let me realize there's no excuses. You, you get through life, period. And that's the lesson I, when I think of Coach Sheriff Senior, I think of no excuses. Yeah, it's it's obviously a, a painful story, but him not just calling you or not just telling somebody, hey, make sure he's there, but coming to your house to get you, I think, from what I saw, Charlie Sr., that's about as close as of a demonstration of love as you're going to get from him, you know, but I think it means a lot that, that he yeah. did that, for sure, so, uh, yeah, uh, no, I, yeah, for sure, that's, that's a, I think that's really impactful, I mean, like you said, no excuses, make it happen, so, um, you know, you obviously wrestled some in college, so who else has had an impact on you, both competitively and in your coaching career? Well, of course, Charlie Sir Jr., who we're talking about, and you, Coach Mergatani, as always. Uh, and I guess the people that you mentioned, too, that I ran into uh, throughout my endeavors of trying to become the best coach I can be for myself. Uh, but definitely Bobby Douglas has been a big influence on me and uh, Mike Powell. Yeah, we love Mike Powell on this show, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And I know you have a really good relationship with my father as well because, you know, you wrestled for him. Yeah. Uh, you mean you wrestled against him? No, my dad. He wrestled for us in Maryland. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. So, in an interesting twist, one of CBC's alumni is Ryan Mango's brother, Spencer Mango. So, I, I right. probably should figure out, Charlie, how you managed to get Ryan to go to Whitfield and not CBC, but maybe we'll save that for another conversation. But who are, <laughs> who are some of the other CBC alums that people may know? Of course, uh, Spencer Mango, you uh, said that. And uh, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> but for the rest of the while, I don't think they had too many here. I know local St. Louis people would know Westfield. Uh, and uh, CBC has also had, like, a lot of state champs, but not a team title. So I think locally they have a lot of people who might be you known. Mike Brink, uh, Mark Kehoe, some of the alumni from CBC wrestling. But Mango, by far, is the most popular worldwide. CBC alum. Tell me about the guys that are leaving this year, where they're going to school, you know, because you, you have a big graduating senior class of guys. So tell me about that. Okay, yeah, uh, we'll start out with the guys who are going to wrestling college for sure. Uh, DJ Shannon's going to West Virginia with uh, Sammy Henson. Uh, so I'm very proud of that. I think, uh, you know, Sammy and DJ had a relationship a long time ago, and uh, I guess they just stuck together and and uh, DJ's pretty excited, and as long as he understands what he's getting into, and and uh, and he loves it, and I think him and Sammy will have a good relationship. So we're very proud of that. And and Malik, 
Johnson is going to Mizzou be a Tiger with Coach Smith and uh, Fabian Saberato is going to do as well. So I'm glad, that, selfishly, I'm glad they're local so I can see them wrestle and uh, maybe give them advice when they need it. So uh, I'm very excited about that as well. Yeah, yeah, I know you're proud of those guys. So um, we all like to love wrestling and love to talk about wrestling, but um, I think we need to take a step back because – Saturday night was historic in the sense that you became the first African-American coach uh, in Misha, Missouri State High School Athletic Association, to win a a team state title. And I've always loved wrestling and really all sports. You know, the Olympics are on, things like that, because I think most people in sports don't see color. They seek excellence. Um, What does this accomplishment mean to you in that context and, and what do you think it can say about um, our society and what we can do to try to make things better in the world? Yeah, I definitely agree with you about sports. You know, one place that always made me feel at home is sports. You know, the outside world sometimes never made me feel that way. So, and the accomplishment of becoming the first African-American head coach uh, just shows, especially here in Missouri in the Midwest, I think we're behind a little bit, uh, just shows that, you know, you can get stuff done no matter who you are. And I think Missouri, for example, is going to implement a uh, women's uh, state division here next year, I think. So, I mean, that, that's definitely a, state, a step forward. And like Charlie said, I have coached uh, Randy Belt and Tanya Cussey was another one of my girls. I mean, just got an open mind and uh, just enjoy it. I, I think I just set the, hopefully kick the door down for somebody else to step in and achieve their goal and deal with the ups and downs and just persevere through everything. So I think it was a, a big deal. And, you know, and I, I couldn't do it alone for sure. Like I said, Bobby Douglas has helped me with a lot of this stuff, talked to me and informed me about some of this stuff and uh, some of his trials that he went through in the 70s being an Olympic coach. So trust me, everybody learns from somebody. And when you listen to an older person's story, there's always knowledge in it. Bobby's Bobby's a legend. Uh, one night I got to sit at the Olympic trials and listen to him, John Smith, Zeke Jones, Bruce Burnett, and Tadaki Hata. And I literally pinched myself about six times to make sure I wasn't dreaming it because <laughs> I would have paid a lot of money to sit at that table, and they actually bought me dinner. So that was that was one of the highlights of, of my life, to sit and listen to that. And I think I, I think it really goes a step further. Like I think right now, no matter what people's politics are, no matter what – However we look at the world, I think what it shows is that we all need to be given a chance. And I think of sports as a meritocracy. I think that, you know, both you guys, you know, obviously your friends and color has nothing to do with it. And the kids you have on your team, you have kids of all different races. You have mixed race kids like like I am. I'm a mixed race person. And if you yell at me, like I know, you know, I think, you know, big Charlie, Charlie Sr., if he yelled at somebody, it was because they did something wrong. And if he didn't yell at him, which is probably the equivalent of him saying good job, it wasn't because of their race or heritage or anything else. And I think I say to people, I think most of our country's problems could be solved racially if everybody had to be on a team for one season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We we used to uh, – I'm laughing because we used to say 
The mild man hated us all equally. It didn't matter whether we were black. <laughs> they said the same thing about my dad, Charlie. <laughs> so, that's. I think that goes all the way back to Vince Lombardi. He treats us all the same. Treats us all like crap. Yeah. So, uh, and there's humor in it, but I think that's really it, right? Like you know. You know, Cornell, you were on that team we coached, and that was a very diverse team. And, you know, if we were angry, it was because you guys didn't go to school or missed weight or something else. It wasn't, well, the black guy did good and the white guy didn't or vice versa. It just was never yeah. thought of that way. I love sports for that. You know what I mean? Like, I think you guys right. count your guys by, like, how many 106-pounders do I have or how many state medalists in my mind do we have, not the other way. And so right. – and we all love wrestling, but I think maybe the message of that is – you know, one of the reasons we should love wrestling more is to spread that message. And, you know, when people live in isolated environments and have isolated lifestyles, that sports is a way. I went to private school till my freshman year, and I would have went to private school except our school didn't have a team. I went to school with, like, two black kids my entire life till I got to high school. And I don't think that was good. You know, I mean, and I, it wasn't an adjustment I needed to make because there's nothing different. But I think that's a lot of where racism comes from is isolation. So it's, it's cool to have you guys on together, you know, for obviously the reason you're on is because of you got your team's winning. But the fact that you're friends, the fact that you come from different cultures, the, you know, the connection you guys have in terms of your respect for each other, I think is, is, is special. And I think I've spoken to both of you guys about these podcasts, and I always tell you that whenever I think I know how it's going to go, it always goes a little bit differently. So I think you've sort of answered this last question, but I kind of want to finish on this. I'd like to ask each of you, and, and Cornell, I'll let you go first. What do you admire most about about Charlie? Uh, one thing I admire the most, I would say, is uh, you know whether – you know, from knowing him from when I grew up and he was my coach, and looking back, he saved a lot of lives, uh, really, is what I see. More than wrestling, I think they definitely mentored men into young men into real men who can take care of their family. So when I look at Coach Harris, that's what I admire the most. And then teaching me how to be good at wrestling and just teaching me how to stick to something. Uh, say the last part again about sticking to something, because I Sorry. think that's important. Yeah, just me. Yeah, being committed to something and you finish it out, whether it's good or bad. Charlie, same question for you about Cornell. Oh, I don't know if I'd have been a strong enough individual uh, as Cornell is for for building something just about to the top of the heap out in uh, St. Charles County, only to have it torn apart and then having to start over from – you know, from the bottom and work his way up and, and, and stay uh, stay positive and not become a, a bitter individual. So that's 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 truly what I admire about Cornell. Yeah, that's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a better man than me, I think. <laughs> that subject is an entire other podcast that we're not going to have today. <laughs> so, <laughs> Our podcasts are well listened to, and we, we stay in our lane, and we're not going to go in that lane today. But, yeah, it was definitely a trying time, and I remember talking to Cornell during those times. So, um, well, guys, I, I just I want to just say congratulations on, on your titles and I think really more so where your programs are. I mean, Charlie, obviously, 
you know, I think, you know, Cornell's goal would be where you guys are, where, you know, if you take, you, I talked to you one year or down there and you said one year you took fifth and that was a disaster. I think those are the kind of programs anybody wants where like, you know, fifth is not a cause for celebration. Um, so congratulations to you, not only on winning this year, but threatening that, that team points record and just for your level of consistency. Um, there was a, one of the things that I thought was really interesting was there was a, a piece here on the local news about how you were the best coach in St. Louis. And what I thought was really telling was how many people chimed in on that and agreed. And it was all the other coaches. So I think, you know, I think you're a very humble, quiet guy, a lot like, you know, the man I grew up with and a lot like the man you grew up with. But I, I, I hope you know you know, as a result of this podcast and nothing else, that how well you really are respected in our community. Well, I find that very flattering. There, there's, I, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but there, cause there's a lot of great coaches out there. I've been uh, fortunate to be uh, surrounded by good people and uh, smart enough to learn from them. So if that's made me into a good coach, then so be it. You To the very end, you're, you're – you're, you're absolutely amazing at doing the Lou Holtz deflecting thing, Charlie. It's very impressive. <laughs> so, and, and, and Cornell, I want to congratulate you. I've known you since you're, you know, 18 years old and came through our program. And I know what a journey this has been. And I think usually when you finish a journey like this, it's happiness, but in some cases it's just relief. And, it's, yeah. it's almost just saying to yourself, I knew I could do it. And you have those quiet moments when nobody's around and there's just a lot of reflection. So I want to congratulate you as well. And, uh, and my father and I are really proud of you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is brought to you by fantasygrade.com and the Ultimate Fantasy Wrestling Challenge. If you know more about wrestling than your friends and people from around the country, prove it. Go to www.fantasygrade.com, enter the live event March 14th in Cleveland, Ohio, the online event, or both. Prove your knowledge and support amateur wrestling at the same time. Go to fantasygrade.com and enjoy wrestling even more. I am David Maricatani. This was one of my favorite episodes of Matt Chat. I thank you all for listening and your support. Talk to you all next week.